Thank you for joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. Woo-wee! And we have got an episode that is uh, it's perfect for sitting on the couch and enjoying some wine and realizing that you can't go outside because of coronavirus. <laughs> silly, silly, silly. But Why? it's preparing you for when you can go outside and make that's money right. again. That's right. When you can go out there and take measurements and make money again, that's the way this is going to be done. <laughs> so we are talking about the numbers that go along with flipping. But first, Jennifer, what are we sipping on today? So today we are drinking Purple Toad. This is the black and bruised type. Yeah. So it, um, I actually purchased it pretty often for a client of mine who it's her favorite. Oh, because she's from Paducah, Kentucky, and this is made in Paducah, Kentucky. Well, wonderful. So. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> there we go. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> I get asked quite frequently, Wyatt, what would you say are the best, what are the best numbers for evaluating a deal? Uh, by the way, those that don't know, I flip houses. Imagine that. And at some point you go, well, okay, so just on the outset, haven't even seen the house, what is a good number to look at? Sound about right? Do you get asked that, Jennifer? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Definitely. So everybody, well, most people know about the 70% rule. 70% mm -hmm. uh, being 70% of after repair value. Do they need pins for this? You might want a pen. You might <laughs> want a pin for this. Okay, so I will get out mine. Good call. <laughs> Net Worth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. This podcast is brought to you in part by Gore & Reynolds, PLLC a law firm that focuses on real estate transactions. Whether you're trying to make sure your property is STR ready or you have to close on a contract quickly. The attorneys at Gore and Reynolds strive to make sure that every investor and real estate professional has the protection of the law. Give them a call at 615-784-3969 and check out their website at gorerentalslaw.com. Looking for fast and easy financing on your next real estate project? Property Recycling is that perfect fit. Reach out today and find out just how easy your next investment property loan can be. Property Recycling can finance 100% of your purchase and rehab at competitive rates. Call Allison at 615-806-7500 or visit PropertyRecycle.com for more information and an easy online application. Alright, so, after repair value, ARV. People call ARV or something like that. Weird people do that. Don't do that. That is just odd. <laughs> At any rate, it's three letters ARV. So that is basically where you say, after it's all fixed up, what should it retail for? Retail is a, is a buzzword that retail agents use quite frequently. Jennifer can help you with that. She knows what should a house ARV for. Yes, so that's why you want a good agent if you're going to be a flipper. That's right. You want a great agent if you're going to be mm -hmm. a flipper. <clears throat> I know one. <laughs> so, you want to get something at 70% of ARV minus your expenses. 
So if your expenses, I'll explain what that 30% is in there, but your expenses, so those are repairs. So it's going to be if you need a new kitchen, if it needs bathrooms done, if it needs a new roof, if it needs, um, you know, any kind of thing, painting the exterior, all that stuff has to be subtracted out of that 70%. The reason is, is so that you can build in for sure the profit that you're expecting to take from this deal. Profit is the reason you're doing this work. Otherwise, you would just be a general contractor. Correct. Yeah. You would just be a guy that's, you know, moving bricks around for <laughs> hourly. So the idea is being that, let's say, agent fees and closing costs and insurance and all that sort of thing is somewhere around uh, 9%, 8%, somewhere in there, right, for close. And then let's say that you need to get hard money on this loan or you have a loan from a bank and there's points, something like that, you may have to add points are percentages of the total loan. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that may be one, two, maybe even three points. Uh, and then you have monthly costs of holding it. So let's say that adds another 5%. Uh, and so you are, it could be anywhere from 5 to 8%, something like that. That's quite a lot. Hopefully you can flip it faster than that. But so you add that on. So we're looking at eight to nine plus another six. So um, we're looking at 15%. So then the other 15% out of that 30 should be yours. Take home money, profit money, the reason you're working it, right? So let's say you have a $100,000 house that is ARVs at 100,000. So you buy it at you know, 70,000 minus all of your expenses. So let's say you, you buy it at 50,000, you put in 20,000, you're up to 70,000 or 70%, then you get 15 grand for that deal. How exciting is that? That's exciting. That's very exciting, yeah. yeah. Now those are real basic numbers. Maybe you do a $300,000 flip or a $500,000 flip or you do a million dollar flip, okay? Probably so, don't want to start there. Probably don't want to start there. Okay, so the reason... <laughs> Excellent. Excellent point. So if you start there, um, there's a lot of work that goes into those numbers. And so it's probably best that you, uh, for a number of reasons, don't start at something like a half million or a million for your first flip. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, when you get above a million or close to a million, houses take a little longer to sell. Why? Because not all of our friends have a million dollars to go buy a house. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a smaller market, so you might have to wait around a little bit longer. And having the clock running on your interest is, is kind of painful. So I'd say you want to get it closer to where the median sales price might be, which, Jennifer, correct me or so, is probably in Davidson County around 300 Something like that. 1000 mm -hmm. So, So that's like a good number. Like you get it around 299 it might get snapped up. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. So, I've walked properties with you. Yes. Often. I love doing it because he can do all the math in his head. <laughs> but, uh, you're also very good at pointing out what needs to be done and saying like how you know the numbers for that. So kind of break down when you're walking properties, um, that process, so then you're able to come up with that rehab number to put into that equation. Definitely. Very cool. Great questions. Um, first of all, I use a number that was given to me by uh, a previous gener general contractor of mine, mm -hmm. who's outstanding. 
Um, and her number was $40 per square foot. Okay. And that's about right for your rehab money. For, so if you have a thousand square foot house, which is very common, and I'd almost recommend that you guys start there as far as work to be done on your first flip. Uh, like a nice three bedroom, one bath, you can maybe turn into a two or a, a three or a two one, something like that. Um, that's just under a thousand square feet. So you're looking at about 40 grand to do that flip. And that's not, that's not crazy. You can get quartz mm -hmm. countertops. You can for $40,000 <laughs> with everything else that needs to be done. And now you're not rebuilding the roof. You might need a new roof mm -hmm. at that price, but then you'd have to cut something else out in order to balance that out. So really I started about $40 a square foot. There are nicer rehabs, especially if you get into the higher end houses where mm -hmm. you're looking at 50, $60 a square foot. Um, but beyond that, you're almost getting to the point where you just go, I should just build a new house. <laughs> because there's ways to build new houses that, you know, like new constructions can start at like 100 and 110, 115, mm -hmm. you know, and at that point, you're just, okay, let's just, we're not really flipping anymore. We're building a new house. Um, so I look at, first of all, kind of the exterior, how's the condition of it? Mm -hmm. Does it look like nobody's been here for a long time? Is this something where we can just do some shrubbery improvement, mm -hmm. right? Like, what do they say? Curb appeal, baby. Yeah, Curb people want that. Appeal. They want, they want that, mm -hmm. you know? Maybe cut that tree down, move that over there, maybe plant some bushes or remove whatever. These days people are trying to get space. It's a very, mm -hmm. It's a very European, uh, Scandinavian model. Like, let's let's have blank open spaces. And that's cool, because it wasn't that way in the 1950s. You know, it was yeah. like, hey, let's make this quaint and cute and have a lot of stuff in here. And a tree in the front yard right across the water line that will be a problem in 50 years. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought about that. But everybody had one of those little trees in the front yard. And some people had a spigot in the front yard too mm -hmm. like just hanging out there yeah yeah uh the next thing i look at is you know the roof line um normally you can tell if a roof has to be changed out either they'll say you know the roof hasn't been fixed in a long time or if there's leaking uh if the shingles are f uh, curling up at the ends mm -hmm. that normally means it's time to replace them uh, by curling up i mean like if they're curling anywhere on the normal flat surface for sure but if they are also curling up when it's supposed to be going down into a gutter or <laughs> something like that. You're like, yeah, this ain't gonna work. Because shingles have a lifetime. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're a petroleum product and they can dry out too over time, you know, enough sure. washes. So, um, ba, ba, ba. so I do that, the gutters, the windows. What the about foundation work? Oh, foundation work, good call. So if this is your first flip, I would say you might get a great deal by going with something that does need foundation work, but if it is your first one, I'm not trying to make this complicated for you. For the most part, if it needs, if there's like, here's the difference. If it's a brick home, brick foundation, you know, you got cinder blocks, something like that. If the cracks go through the blocks, then you got problems. You got settling some kind of an issue there that was rather dramatic. If the okay. crack follows the grout line, the the mortar line, mm -hmm. then you're generally okay. It's mm -hmm. better than a traumatic drop off. I've seen that all the time where 
it'll be one corner of the house has dipped down because water runoff wasn't well ha- handled. Yeah. <clears throat> People don't realize that. Like, water off the roof of a house is a lot of water. Water can do some damage over years. It can. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, oh, I think I've seen those downspots where people reverse them into the house like <laughs> the concrete block like it's turned around backwards why would you do this why it literally comes down and then just goes right under your house again <laughs> so uh yeah until you have uh, rain gardens on your roof it's important to make sure that that water diverts um interior yeah it's amazing lately we've been seeing people flip houses without even touching the bathroom Yes. Yeah. Which shocks me. Because people <laughs> love bathrooms. They do. They do. And But those homes still sell. They do still sell. And they sell without having to spend that extra money, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So I'm thinking about it. No. Like, no. Not I'm telling thing. you why it is not the person that's not gonna complete that job. <laughs> what if the pink tile is outstanding? Come on, Jennifer. Throwing a big event? Southern Seasonings has you covered. With crowd pleasers like robust chicken parmesan meatballs, Southern Seasonings is the perfect option. Each meal is centered around whole, fresh ingredients with just a dab of home. If you're looking for vegan, vegetarian, or savory comfort foods, get ready for a rush of delicious. Visit them at southernseasoningsinc.com to book your next meal. Southern Seasonings. Where their special ingredient is love. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not that kind of person. I'm like, well, I I would I I will get this at a lower price. I will negotiate mm-hmm. on the front end harder so that I can give a great product on the back. Right. Yeah. But there might be other options like uh, redoing the towel versus taking it off the walls, like changing the color of it. Yeah, you can reglaze tile. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I don't. I, I know. I you know anybody who's talked to me about it has said it's expensive. So don't even think about it. But it might not be. I walked into a house the other day that had the. Uh, this is a company name, but bath fitters, mm-hmm. the thing where they do the laser and they place the plastic in there. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it looked pretty good. Okay. I was like, huh? If this is a mid-range home, might be an option. You know, might right. be less than having somebody lay tile up the wall. True. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so numbers wise, depending upon the size, mm-hmm. you know, I normally start at five thousand a bathroom. Okay. And ten for a kitchen. Ten to twelve. And then go, you know, up or down, depending on what we do with them. But that includes all the cabinets, all the new can lights, because people love that. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think that gets it done. And a backsplash. Yeah. I'd say about 12, depending upon it, yeah. How big the kitchen is. Right. Yeah. So you're looking at a good two-bedroom, you know, like a 2-1. you got to do the kitchen, the bath. Um, and a 2-1, like, if the bath isn't too much, like, it's not like a stand-up shower and glass mm-hmm. doors, then it, it might cost less. Like, if you can keep the existing tub base. But you're going to want to remember, though... Wait, did you, you said a shower, a standing shower, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you have to take out something or expand something or rework, then it gets more expensive. Most people like at least one tub option in the house, though. So you want to keep that in mind. They do. 
Yeah, if like it's only one bathroom. Yeah, if you have if you have two bathrooms, don't make them both stand up showers. Yeah. If you have one bathroom, then you should have a tub shower combo. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, communication is key with mm-hmm. any of you, any people on your team, mm-hmm. and get out a piece of paper and write out your scope of work that you want to do on that job. Once you can remember what you wanted to get done on that job three months ago. And then two, so that everyone knows that this is, you can use this to show it to each person that bids the job for you. Mm-hmm. Say like, hey, I want this over there and I want this over there and I want X number of these. I want six lights in this room. I want two pendants over the counter and I want an island that is something, so, you know? Like, right. Yeah. I want an in-sync disposal. You know, those kinds of things make a big difference later on mm-hmm. uh, as far as what the cost will be. Because change orders yeah. is a big thing, too. Change orders can be expensive. Where you say, hey, uh, actually, can I get this instead of that? Or, you know what? What if we installed this over here? And then you're already looking at, oh, it might be $350, $500 just to make that change. Because stuff has to go back to the store, or this is now different, you know, different man hours that have to be put in, that sort of thing. What happens, folks? <laughs> it eats into your profit. Yes. <laughs> Bottom line, yes. It eats right into your profit. Um, yeah. I, uh, real quick, too, is planning out the phases of the work that you want to do. Okay. So... Something that a lot of people don't think about or know is that if you need dirt for your property, like you're, I don't know, uh, maybe you want to put in a driveway or maybe you want to do some new landscaping or something and or a deck and it needs to be raised something like a berm or whatever, it's hard to get soil when it's so rainy in mm-hmm. the spring. So if you need to do that, get the soil in the fall if you can because it can delay your project. If it's it's so wet that it's not yeah. and they're not able to bring it to you. Uh, another thing is, if it's winter time, you should probably be working inside, and then at the you know when it warms up, then you paint the exterior. These seem like normal things, but I've seen people do that all the time, where they're like, "Oh, I just man, I just can't paint, or I'm ready for the painter, or whatever." And mm-hmm. yeah, so just think that through. Yeah, because I know I made it clear I was not going to help with landscaping any time and when it's the least little bit cold outside <laughs> seriously seriously so yeah. the um finding the properties to go view them where do you normally find them yeah so um wholesalers is a great location also sometimes if you have a great agent <coughs> On the MLS works too. Uh, Jennifer can help you out with that. Uh, but for the most part, I have also become a wholesaler. Uh, so um, I'm, I make calls directly to sellers on a regular basis, asking them if they'd be interested in selling their property to me. Uh, and that way, I don't have everyone else knowing about my deal before, I, before it closes. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good way to do it. You know, if you... It's part of you, you mentioned that I can I know the numbers in my head, mm-hmm. right? Like for the most part, if I, you know you know the neighborhood, and if you've worked it before, then you know basically what kind of house is built there, what kind of people live there, um, 
the, the goings on, um, who's moving and leaving, that sort of thing. And so once you know that, then you can get a good handle on what anything that comes on the market would look like and what it should be priced for. And that's invaluable. And that's what you want to know before you go out there. You want to do the research before you waste your time going and walking the property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if somebody calls me up from, you know, uh, 37217 zip code, which is the airport, which is, I've done two properties there. You know, I can go, oh, yay. Oh, 31, oh, 1950. Oh, okay. Yay. Oh, it's probably, probably 900 square feet, like 888. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's probably what that is. Oh, they added onto it. Okay, so they probably add another 400, 500 square feet off the back. Okay, that sounds good. I can do that too. Oh, you know what? It's probably got asbestos siding. Hmm, might have to think about that. Might mm-hmm. have some mitigation that you have to think about because that's what's popular back then. So add that cost in, right? Right. I was talking to a guy the other day um, who wants entirely too much for his property. <laughs> And the reason is he thinks I can just do what the guy across the street did to his house. And the guy was all like, well, you know, I mean, that guy built a big house across the street, and I think you could do that here. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember. He built it five years ago. And the guy goes, oh, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I said, well, you know, his floor plan's completely different. That, mm-hmm. that was like a fire, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, he got an insurance check, and then he rebuilt there. That's completely different from me paying three hundred thousand for a house that's valued once I do all that work at three seventy five. Like, don't even do that to me right now. And the cost of of uh, the materials oh it's goes huge. up over five years. Yeah, it does go up over five years. As much as Nashville has grown now, it was kind of still sleepy five years ago compared to now. <laughs> Man, so. The knowledge is power, and I know it more now than ever. Um, Robert Kiyosaki mm-hmm. gave great advice. If you can, if you, you, you want to work in a certain neighborhood, or maybe you want to work in the neighborhood that you already live in, go for a jog every day. Mm. Yeah. That is good advice. See that neighborhood change. See who's, who's moving. And, um, yeah. And then that... That way you'll know before anyone else knows. You'll get to see the signs. Mm-hmm. You'll go, you know what? Mr. So-and-so hasn't been keeping up the shrubbery as much lately. Mrs. So-and-so doesn't get the paper today. Huh. Or whatever may come up. Mm-hmm. So then you call them to see if they want to sell? That's right. <laughs> hey, I'm your neighbor. You knock on the door. Hey, are you guys leaving? What's going on? <laughs> You know, I buy real estate. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's how that works. Cool, guys. Anything else you can think of, Jennifer? The only other thing I can think of is that you would need to have your money ready. Right, right. It's important to build relationships with people that have funding that can get you where you need to be for those deals. Mm -hmm. You can snap them up, jump on them. You know, there's a lot of competition out there. It's good. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of competition. There so, is. So be ready. Yeah. Keeps you sharp. Mm-hmm. And I would say don't ever do anything that you feel is going to stretch the price too thin. Yeah. Mm, give yourself a great deal 
to start off with, and then another great deal. And then at some point, if you go, you know, I could probably stretch this one, mm -hmm. I would still say, don't do it yet. <laughs> don't do it yet. Yeah. Because unless you have a reason to keep people working, which is true, like mm -hmm. sometimes you just need the system to continue, the engine to continue moving, all the oil flowing, all that good stuff by keeping those people employed on a regular basis, or, um, or you just feel like doing a charity case, you probably shouldn't do it if it's too thin. Because like I said, you might as well just go get a job laying bricks compared to losing money on an investment like that. What is it, three you have to get through without losing money? Three. The first three? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Then you're good. Oh, uh, yeah. I would say if you can go the first 400 without losing money, then you're good. <laughs> oh, man. She's totally referring to what I said like a year and a half ago. I've totally lost money since then. <laughs> anyway. Gosh. I did say that. You're not a real investor till you lose money. Yeah, but you did tell me when I first met you, you, ha you have to go through three flips. Mm -hmm. So. Right on. Yeah. Perfect. You guys, uh, I have more tips and all that good stuff. Let me know. Put something in the comments. Share. Like. Let me know if you have questions or whatever. Um, He'll be glad to answer. I sure would. Very glad. <laughs> Jennifer, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for sharing all your secrets over there. Hey, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. It's about sharing is caring. <laughs> Except for not the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> not the coronavirus. Keep that to yourself. Take it easy, y'all. Thanks. This has been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast.